present by phone. <laughs> Trustee Banerjee? Yes. Present. Trustee Lawrence? Yes. Present. We have a quorum. Okay. Excellent. Um, well, welcome to a very short Finance Committee meeting, everybody. And um, without further ado, um, I would like to move for approval of the March 2nd Finance Committee meeting minutes. I move. Second. Okay. All in favor, aye. Aye. Um, Suzanne, I'll, I'll rely on you to tell me whether everyone's whether we have a, whether that was passed. Um, so that was unanimous. Oh, awesome! All right. So let's see. Um, I assume there's no discussion. Uh, there are no items for approval. I approve of that. Um, we have nothing to retrospectively re review. Um, so, Dave, why don't we talk about um, our very nice February results? Great. Thank you, Jim. <clears throat> um, I'd like to start the evening by noting that it is uh, National Registration Week, and we are having a series of events this week <clears throat> uh, led by our uh, Director of uh, Access, April Bass, at various locations around the campus. I was lucky enough to be able to attend one yesterday at John George. We're having a lot of fun, and the staff is uh, extremely appreciative, and we're getting lots of uh, favorable feedback, emails, things like that. Yeah, voting registration. No, uh, for uh, these are the these are the people who uh, engage with patients when they come in the hospital, and ensure that all the inf appropriate information is collected, and they get um, qualified for whatever insurance plans might be available. And this is really the first contact when they come in and they say, "Hi, we're glad you're here," and um, yeah, so patient registration, patient access, things like that. So, okay. Um, now, we have a um, PowerPoint <clears throat> that um, I'd like to go through. And what I've done is on the f very first page, I have gone through the entire report and picked out the things that I think, from a CFO standpoint, are most interesting and worth discussing. Uh, so we can, we can do, go through this. So the first thing is that <clears throat> we're reporting a big profit in the month of um, February. And that's, that's a big improvement. And uh, as we go through the year, you know, we, we, we like to get more and more accurate. You know, the first couple of months you might see some variation, but, but I, I look at that number and that's a, that's a pretty good reliable number. So we should, um, we should understand that. And that's, that's an EBITDA margin of 6.2%. So um, one question you might ask is, well, <clears throat> why? Why did, that, why did that happen? And uh, one thing is that the, uh, the patient activity was really pretty strong. So the census was about four and a half percent above budget. Um, you know, the ancillary activity uh, was was strong. The uh, outpatient revenue was uh, exceeded budget by about six percent. You know, year to date's two. So it was really a very busy month uh, in February, and that showed up. So it showed up on um, revenue. Um, the, uh, the net patient service revenue in particular, this is sending a bill out and getting paid, was over budget by 6%. So that's, that's really good. And that's much better than it has been. So we're seeing improving trends in volume, improving trends in charges, and improving trends in, in cash collections on those charges. Yes? Beg your pardon. Uh, are you able to keep records to see um, whether or not we are getting this increase in patients mm -hmm. is coming from um, other health plans or is it still from Medi-Cal and Medicare? Uh, mm. I I'm wondering if, if we're yes. getting an increase in coverage from, from yeah, private. The, the, uh, the thing we, we've noted is, is that with health care reform, there's been a big increase in Medi-Cal utilization. So more and more people qualify for Medi-Cal. They're coming to the hospital and getting services. We have seen the uninsured drop, but not as much as Medi-Cal has increased. So uh, many of the uninsured have qualified for Medi-Cal, but even on top of that, 
even more have qualified and are utilizing services. That's so that that's what we're seeing. And what about uh, the the contracts and agreements we have made with so many of the uh, carriers? You know, yeah. Are we getting? Is it, it's there... really not resulting in any more elective referrals. What we're seeing is they come in through the ED. So okay. it's, an, it's an accident. It's it's uh -huh. trauma program, something like uh -huh. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I had a question about the ambulance. Should I ask it now? Or sure. No. That's so, no. So you Last year's budget, we betted heavily on getting the ambulatory volume yeah. up by a lot, and that wasn't happening in the initial first few quarters. And yeah. then this time, there has been a much bigger uh, influx. Is that, again, is the ambulatory things happening because, like, more enrollment through Covered California or, like, process improvements through your, you know, next gen or, you know, IT, like, just third third day appointments like what, what are some of the things that and I yeah. hope it's like this is a sustaining trend but I wanted yeah. to know some of the story behind it like right. why do you think we are getting more in the outpatient so uh, so ambulatory is on page 23 of this report and what this is showing that even with the increased demand our volumes this year are actually lower than last year oh. so last year for eight months we had 203,000 visits this year we're down about 199,000. So that's telling us we still have ambulatory access issues because the demand is there. Mm -hmm. Now there's a lot of work being done by the ambulatory team. I know there's a meeting next week to look at the uh, sort of the in scheduling and intake process on that. So I, I think we do have additional opportunities there. Okay. Okay. Um, so. And, oh, Dave, I, yeah. I'm sorry, I have a question too. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that we make more money when we have higher volume, um, it, it, it's not a surprise. Do you have a sense for, like, for, you know, a, a certain amount of increased volume, how much, you know, what that translates into in terms of bottom line impact on an incremental basis for us? Sure. Um, so a 1% a increase will result in about... A half a million dollars per month of additional revenue, and about mm -hmm. half and about half of that will fall to the bottom line. I'm sorry. Oh, half half a million dollars a month of revenue, and half goes to the bottom line. Yeah, because what happens is when you have higher volume, you know, there's some variability in staffing, and typically sure. it's forty to fifty percent. Maybe it's a little less than that in our instance, but uh, expenses will yeah, increase. Yeah, we have more for, medication. You know, we have more medication and consumables and stuff like that. Yes, yes. So a one percent increase in patient days would lead to, offing, you know, mm, roughly a quarter maybe, of a million dollars more profitability. Yeah, maybe three million a year, something like that. Okay. 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 All right. Thank you. Okay. Now. Um, that's, that's a good point because um, transitioning to expenses, so expenses were over budget in the month by 6.6%. So, you know, not what we like to see, but we have to realize that volumes are over budget. So when volumes are over budget, um, and so, for example, uh, discharges were over budget by 4.5, acute patient days were over by 12.2. Okay, so the first thing is when... when the, the patient days go up more than the discharges, it means that the length of stay has increased, which is a potential issue to look at, and we have teams looking at that. But, um, you know, if, even if we take the 4.5%, the um, half of that, <clears throat> you know, 2, 2.2, 2.3, should, should show up also on expenses. So r roughly half of the volume increase will also show up on the expense line. As additional expenses. So when, when we look at the 6.6, .6, we have to say, well, part of that's volume related. Um, the other interesting thing about this is that it really isn't so much um, salaries and wages. Um, you know, it's more things like purchasing, consulting, pharmaceuticals, um, and some other areas. Now, pharmaceuticals are interesting because we, we looked at this and say, why? Well, you know, um, I don't know if you recall, but earlier this year we advised you that we had approved this new um, outpatient retail pharmacy program to provide 
expensive drugs to very complex patients. And that program is underway. And we're saying, well, okay, we're getting the expenses. Where's the revenue? And we met with their pharmacy team and went through that. And the revenue is about 60 days behind the expenses. Uh, because this is being accounted for on a pharmacy system as opposed to our normal accounting system, um, we're not accruing the revenue. So the things we've we provided the drugs, we're going to get paid, but we're not doing an estimate for how much that is. But the thing that we're seeing is that the, the pharmacy cost is increasing month to month to month, and the cash receipts are increasing month to month to month. And from what we're looking at, um, it does appear that we have about a 50% positive contribution on this program so far. So that's very encouraging. And so that's additional revenue that's really not showing up yet. But it, it will be coming, and eventually it'll plateau and stabilize and catch up. So exactly Yes. Yeah, and in fact, I think we have this on the agenda to come back and have them give a report on how it went because we like a retrospective review. So, so that was interesting. So, um, you know, although we don't like to be over budget on expenses, it's sort of explainable. Also, we're moving into the ATR. There's, you know, literally dozens and hundreds of minor expenses that we're incurring uh, in this month and in March related to the ATR. Um, is this um, the six percent over budget? Is per for this month or year to date? And that's just for the month. For of the month, February. Mm -hmm. Okay. And year to date, we're over 2. budget 5. by two point five. Okay. So not as bad year to date. Um, let's see. Uh, so we've talked about volume. We've talked about revenue. Talked about expenses and labor. Um, one thing I'd like to point out is this, this ratio called the compensation ratio, which is, um, I'm looking at the income statement, which is page 17, and it's, it's way down on the bottom left. Maybe I should put these in bold when they're particularly important numbers, but that's a really, really important number because uh, a year ago that was almost 70%, <clears throat> and we've talked about wanting to get it down to 60, and here's a month where we had it down to 63.4. So that's, that is really important because that is um, you know 63 percent of our expenses that's a that's a lot of lot of uh, cost okay all right so those are good trends uh, Jim did you have a question okay yeah might, might yeah. be helpful but could not be uh, with respect to the compensation ratio David how when you look at a month of higher volumes mm -hmm. and you think about you know staffing ratios, yeah. uh, how uh, material is a high volume month to having a compensation ratio that that drops because you know you're staffing one to five and you have three mm -hmm. patients. Yeah, you know, you're gonna have it, it's it's actually quite significant because when volume goes up, we we already said that we'll probably see half of half of that on additional expenses, most of it's labor. But even with that additional expense, that will improve the ratio because the, um, in this case, the denominator increases more than the numerator. Right. And okay. that imp makes the ratio go down, which is um, what we're looking for. Uh, but to put that in, in real numbers, so um, for the month, even though volume was higher than budget, when you look at actual paid FTEs, we had uh, 3,877. The budget was 4,047. So we had 170 less paid FTEs than we budgeted, even though volume was over. So that's a good trend. That's a 4% that's a positive variance even before taking into account the volume. Well, it's not only a good trend, but from my perspective, if if I recall, this is significantly lower than it was three years ago. And Very, when I I mean, yes. we were up in the fives and sixes, you know, yeah. five point six or or six one, as I remember, yeah. there was one. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this has been a big, a big change. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. 
<clears throat> and and one of the things we're doing is because we did just complete this uh, labor optimization program at Highland, we've been looking at saying, well, is that really sticking? And we've been talking to the managers. You, you might recall that uh, Rache Holman and Kinsey Rickholt reported on this at the time, and we're, we're actually getting it. I just saw a report that came out today that was really very positive, and you could directly see the improvement in their department. So very happy about that. We... we um were notified by the the consultants that we were working with at the time, uh, Med Assets, that uh, we were uh, going to be recognized for um, uh, I forget what the award was called, but it was an award that was essentially around driving uh, uh, some efficiencies through these these uh, these opportunities like this, and and so part of the the work that we've been doing. Um, uh, recently was tied to our ongoing efforts of making sure that what we said was savings that we anticipated were truly savings that we were generating, which meant that whatever things we put in place were sticking and they were actually generating the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the bottom line impact that we were, in, uh, we were expecting. And what David's referring to, I, I, I just saw too, we've gone through a couple of iterations of it and, um, um, what, what it looks like, uh, from a run rate perspective now is, uh, just for the, Nursing um, labor optimization effort about a, a an improvement about four and a half million dollars uh, for the year uh, on the on expense management or on uh, labor optimization. So this is yeah, and it's just for Highland. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, now we're going to switch to the balance sheet, and the balance sheet is on page eighteen of the package, and there. Are just a couple things to note here. Um, <clears throat> the first one is down on the bottom of the page. It's called the the net days in AR, accounts receivable, and it's important to note there that when we started the year, we had 90 days <clears throat> in receivables, which means it basically takes three months to get paid. That's now down to 77.6. So that's a big improvement, and that's also cash in the bank. Um, and the uh, the other thing, which I'll actually uh, go to the next page, which is page um, thirty, page nineteen, and this is the statement of cash flow. Uh, we don't spend a lot of time on this, okay? But it's important to understand what it is, and it essentially takes the income statement and converts it to cash, and says, okay, well, how much how much cash are you generating from operations, which is sort of like EBITDA, and then how are you spending it? Okay, so what this is showing is that for those eight months, <clears throat> we generated $41 million in free cash flow. Okay, now it's part of that's reducing receivables, but a lot of it's from operations. So that's good. Um, and then it's say, showing that we so far have paid for about $9 million of capital expenditures. Now I know that we've committed more than that. I think probably around 15, but we just haven't paid it yet. And then, under financing activities, 30 minus 36 million. So we have, so at this point, reduced the line of credit by 36 million dollars. Now the target is five, so we're well over that, and it'll probably come back a little bit because of the timing of cash flow. But uh, so far, that's really good performance. So 41 million positive cash flow. We've, we've been able to buy equipment, and um, I can tell you, uh, I, I get actually emails from departments, which is really nice, saying, hey, th you know, the, the nurses at Alameda Hospital say, thank you for buying new pumps. You know, the ones we've had are like 15 years old, and th it's just, you know, really improved the day-to-day the -day patient care to have new equipment. Yeah. Okay, so that's actually one of the most uh, gratifying parts of the job is to be able to get equipment for people. So, uh, okay, so let's so Dave, Dave, yeah. a question. So, first of all, that's really good news on the cash flow. I'm curious, um, uh, days. Where are we at with days payables? I didn't see that. Maybe I missed that on here. Yeah, we don't uh, typically uh, calculate it. It. Um, um, if you turn back to page 18, which is the balance mm -hmm. sheet, we do have a line under liabilities called accounts payable. Um, it's at 43 million. We finished last year at 37, so it's actually up a little bit. But part of the reason yep. for that is that our expenses are higher. So we have higher expenses. It'll be a little bit higher. Um, 
I, I would say we're, we're probably at about 40 to 45 days. Um, we, we do not have vendors calling us, you know, okay. uh, yeah, saying that we're good. late. What, what, the reason I ask that question is, um, or is it we, uh, year to date, um, you know, we're, um, looks like it, it appears that we brought in $36 million of cash on increased accounts payable, but were we at, were we at a, High point at the end of the year. Um, so our, our receivables have actually increased <clears throat> at the same time that the days have gone down, and the reason for that is our total revenues are much higher than they were. Yeah. So we're billing more, we're getting paid more, um, but the growth of the system has caused that to, to increase a little bit. No, I understand that the. Um I, I understand the use of cash for, for receivables, but I'm looking further down at the, um, looks like we had a, had a big um, source of cash from payables. Um, bu -bu -bum -bum. So there are probably other things in that. Maybe I'm looking. So maybe, I, I mean, right at, the, right at the end of the fiscal year, were we at a high point by any chance? And, and just oh, you know, it's not, way. it's not, you know, what we've done is we've, uh, it looks like year over year, yeah. you know, fiscal year 15. Now, what's, what's in there is, um, in addition to straight AP, it's all of these third party settlements. So they're, they're lumped in. Maybe to be oh, better oh, to, I, oh, I see the third yeah. party paid. There we go. Yeah. The, the source, got it. The source yeah. is third party payables. Yeah. So these are all reimbursement uh, things. I'd okay. have to break okay. out the detail, but all right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Yes. Can Kenny? Do you have a question? Yeah. No. I was just seeing that that third party What was the budgeted and what was the? Um, that's that's a big difference. Yeah. So um, you know the time. This is really just a timing issue. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to know exactly when the money's going to come in, but overall, we're doing fine. Yes, yes. Okay. Let's see. So I have a couple of other things. Um, we, we've really already talked about this. This is the revenue detail, um, which I don't think we need to go through again other than the fact, and this is year-to-date, not for the month, but uh, probably the thing to note is that <clears throat> um, last year at this time, we had reported $349 million of revenue this year. 389 million. So that's 40 million. That's more than 10 percent in improvement uh, in a year. So that's good. And then uh, on supplemental revenue, we're over budget by 18 million, which is good. Uh, we actually had budgeted less than um, what we did last year. So we we last year this time we had 194. We budgeted pretty conservatively. We've done better than both of those, so we've we've actually improved over the year, and of course the total revenue at this point is favorable to budget by 1.9 percent. So we're actually having a very good revenue year. And then uh, here's the expenses. Here's the uh, two and a half percent variance um, year to date for eight months. Uh, and then last year at this time we had expended 562 million. This year we're at 582, so a little bit more than. Uh, a little bit more than what we had spent last year. Okay. Um, now here's the the heat map. So uh, in total, we're a little below budget over here, but pretty close. And if you look at the divisions, um, Fairmont is doing extremely well. And you might recall that uh, from last month that the volume is is quite a bit lower than we had expected. Um, we're still looking at that issue with rehab care, but the reimbursement on that volume is extremely good. And what we've determined by the financial analysis is that um, Fairmont really benefits from designated public hospital status, and the idea of converting it to commercial payer mix really is not necessary because it's, it's, we get paid very well under the um, current uh, structure. Similarly, for behavioral health, uh, John George, uh, I think you all know that they're busting at the seams, which is an issue we're going to deal with. But uh, from a financial standpoint, that does generate a lot of revenue. 
the collection ratio is good. The expenses are under control. Uh, so they're just they're just solid green all the way down. Uh, ambulatory, as we've talked about, is a concern because the visits are below budget, 6.2% below budget. That's affecting revenue. Um, so that kind of ripples all the way down. And even with the lower volume, the expenses are still a little over budget, 0.8%, 6% over budget. So that's a concern. Uh, San Leandro, um, <clears throat> the volumes have been good. Um, the um, patient revenue is a little off. I think that has to do with the allocation of contractual allowances. Uh, expenses are pretty much under control, and uh, but the but basically the the revenue issue is affecting their bottom line. Uh, Alameda pretty much green all the way down, and um, let's see. And then the last one is Highland, which is you know a little bit below budget, but doing pretty well. Volumes are extremely strong. Uh, revenues are coming back and uh, expenses are uh, just a little bit over budget but on a volume adjusted basis are actually under budget, FTEs are under budget uh, so you know in total I think we're making progress on the system. Uh, David would you go through what the nexus uh, go through the rehab again I, I wasn't quite certain I understood what you meant yeah, about. Yeah so we, we have a contract with rehab care to manage our acute rehab facility mm -hmm. and the the summary of that program was it was intended to uh, greatly increase the patient activity, the volumes, the census, and also to convert it to uh, commercial insurance to have more private pay. Uh, that has not happened. Okay, the, the mix, pay, pair mix is the same, and the volumes are actually at or below where they were, and I think we're working on uh, improving internal referrals for that. But the fact of the matter is that even with that, because we've gone in and done more work on the um, <clears throat> the um, reimbursement impact of Fairmont, we've realized that it's, it's actually doing very well um, it, in its current setup. We'd love to see the volume higher, but um, you know it's doing very well overall. It does call into the question, you know, should we continue the rehab care contract? And that's something we're looking at, and we'll come back at the appropriate time on that issue. So what what is the daily average daily census in terms of people there? I guess we could see that in the re, in the reports somewhere. Um, yeah, James, you're welcome to join us here. It's, uh, and and realize that the information uh, we're giving you here kind of combines the acute rehab with the skilled nursing facility. So yeah, it's hard to break those and, out. And, 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 and I'm just, I'm just curious. I don't don't need a huge explanation. So this is James. Um, the hey, James. Hi, Jim. The average daily census right now for acute rehab is right about um, 18. We're running about 18 patients a day. We're budgeted for 21 this year. Um, that is an increase from what we were seeing two months ago, so things have been getting better. Um, from a volume perspective, um, we are budgeting 19.5 for the coming fiscal year. And given the trajectory that we've been on, we're optimistic that we can achieve that. And so the other thing, and uh, David mentioned it, we're looking at the mix. We're looking at what we're getting from external referrals versus internal. I was just going to ask that yeah. question. Yes. So we have um, seen a, a decrease in the internal referrals, which is interesting. So we're really not, we have not been taking good care of home. And so we have invited the social workers who really drive the referrals out to Fairmont. So we're doing some work with them. We're talking about standard messaging to the patients because they have discretion. They can choose to go to our competition, which is Summit. And so we're really working with the social workers because we want the patients to make the best choice possible for themselves, but we think we're the best choice. And so doing a better job of making sure they understand why they should choose to come to Fairmont. Also been working a lot on repairing the facilities. And so David's been very helpful in making resources available. And so we're painting the building. We um, are getting televisions because we didn't have TVs there before. Um, we actually are improving the cell phone reception, which has been a problem because, frankly, the patients feel as though it's kind of punishment to go there and be there without any of these um, resources available. And so doing things to make it more aesthetically appealing because they're getting great care. And um, we have been improving the, the FEM scores, which is the functional improvement measure, which is the really the key indicator for a rehab patient. We have really great outcomes, and that's what we're 
um, sharing with the patients who are potential candidates so that they know that one, they're getting the continuity of Alameda Health System care going from our Highland facility to Fairmont, but also that they understand that they're going to get fantastic care and that the amenities are, are appropriate. Yeah, well, and certainly, yeah, I mean, you know, beefing up the Wi-Fi and adding television sets, I mean, I mean seems like a sensible addition. Mm -hmm. So and the take. sets will be right. transferable Thank to you. to a new facility. I assume. They they will, although the, in all likelihood, when we build a new facility in two years, they'd probably be built in, um, and so they will be usable. But the other piece, and I, I think Delbecki was probably going to speak to it, there are other th things that we're envisioning for that H building, other other uses. So I my belief <laughs> is that we'll probably the improvements that we make for now will be transferable to whatever future use that building has. It cannot be an acute rehab facility because of the seismic retrofit requirements, but it can be used for post-acute care. And so that's kind of the conversation that's been happening. And so rather than moving materials from Fairmont to the new facility, I, I believe what we'll probably do is, you know, build a new and have a state-of-the-art facility there and then use the improvements we're doing now for the patients who would likely occupy the H building in the future. Uh, I'm, I'm confused. When you say the new facility, this, this isn't the San Leandro upstairs? It is. Okay. Yes, it is. I, that's, I'm sorry. That's what so I you just call to. it new facility, but Correct. it's new. I, oh. yeah. I misspoke. It's not a new facility. New it would be a, okay, that's okay. That's all right. I just yes. need yeah. clarification. Yeah. So I, I, I understand that. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I wanted to mention that there is a redesign effort going on with the uh, system-wide care coordination process. And the issue of internal referrals to our acute rehab unit has been identified as uh, a specific focus. And there are, there are some immediate things we think we can do to address that issue. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that was my question, too, is that given that this is a business unit that you're kind of thinking uh, there's such paucity of IRF facilities and that this might be an area of growth, like, why would we have, like, it's a good thing per patient reimbursement is mm -hmm. greater, mm -hmm. but why aren't, wh what was the reason for not being below budget by 4%? So the a lot of it is an internal thing, so it's good to have that. Are they... I mean, um, was it a communication thing alone, or I mean, um, are there other you know, reasons this, why this department has, hasn't had strong leadership in the past that's being addressed? We have a new VP coming in um, uh, May 9th. Uh, she's aware of this issue, um, and there, there are just some internal practices that need to be changed. The um, there is a a need to move patients out of the acute setting in the most expedient manner possible. Mm -hmm. And um, frankly, um, we had barriers internally to moving patients. And so uh, for the frontline staff, for the social work staff, they really are trying to create capacity in the acute setting. And so they're moving those patients wherever they can. And I think that we did not do a good job of showing them the importance of having those patients get to Fairmont. So we're working out the barriers that we've identified in getting those patients to Fairmont and helping the staff understand that it is now as expedient to send them to Fairmont as it is to anywhere else and that we're providing great care. And so really giving them the confidence that they can quickly and appropriately move patients to Fairmont. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I think the last thing I have is... Um, the net negative balance forecast, uh, <clears throat> as you can see, um, we did get a large payment in and actually dropped below $110 million for uh, a week. We're now back up to about $130. Uh, we have kind of a best case, worst case going forward, uh, but we think this is actually a little conservative. Uh, we're projecting to be in compliance with the, uh, the permanent agreement, and uh, we have good relations with the county and good communications. Okay. So. so that's good news. I recall last time it was... Um, uh, we were signaling that uh, we, we may come in above the uh, year-end target, but... Uh, I, I think we, we, we are now pretty certain that we're going to be in compliance. So I'm, I'm not forecasting any, any, uh, any concern. That's good news. Okay. Thank you. Uh, that completes the financial report. Um, I think we uh, next have Mr. Gravender up. Dave, so uh, you have my report in the packet. Just two things I talked about in this one, the EHR long-range plan update and then our ACT activation uh, and what's happened there. So on the EHR 
plan uh, moving forward as as planned in our revised plan right of doing a bigger selection process strategic planning effort and so the RFPs have been received uh, we received 11 responses from vendors we sent to 12 one of them declined to uh, send a, in a proposal and of the 11 one of those did not meet basic requirements and so it was re removed as well so we're reviewing 10 proposals to select the, the vendor consulting firm that will help us with the process. Uh, in, in addition to that, working on that process, we, we are continuing to have the selection committee meet and work on their needs assessment. And I think the best outcome of that process is the various facilities and, and people in those facilities getting together and talking about what are their needs. So I, I mentioned in the report that uh, Dr. Ng from the, the Highland Lab and Carmela from the Alameda Lab got together and, and met and talked about their needs. Uh, and it was interesting to see them meet because it was like they were so happy to see each other when they met in the first meeting. <laughs> uh, and so I think it's just it's a process of bringing together our organization or around a common goal that's being very effective to get people between San Leandro and Alameda that have never met before mm -hmm. uh, to begin this talking and discussion on, on their needs assessment. So it's been a really good thing from that perspective and, and uh, I think a benefit for the organization uh, continue to work through this process. How many meetups have you had with various groups? I mean, how uh, many? Well, we meet um, every other week as as okay. the steering as the as committee selection committee, committee uh -huh. and that big selection committee. So the selection committee is about 50 people. Okay. And so we have very good attendance uh, every other week. Um, actually, from a financial perspective, they voted not to have food and just have water and snacks. And okay. so we're spending less okay. money than we budgeted on food. Good. Because they said we don't need it, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so uh, we've met, I think five or six times okay I don't remember exactly so every other week and each week we have uh, a group present on what they've done to get their needs assessment together so we had PTOT speech the therapies uh, present last week and they had a really long list uh, for all facilities were combined into one list and it was really well done uh, the work that they put together there so well done in that group so I think good progress being made uh, in our process separate from the consulting firm they'll come in and and work us right. through that uh, take that information and roll it into the bigger plan. Uh, so moving along. Uh, on the and ACT activate. Yes. Dave? Yes. Um, so for, for the selection committee, I, I don't need to know names necessarily, but like who in terms of what, what, what departments are, are represented on that committee? Um, almost every department. Uh, so, so of that, there's about 30 physicians across the the three different medical staffs participating and 20 people from the various locations. So lab, radiology, pharmacy, uh, the therapies, nursing, surgery. If, if I'm missing anybody, they're probably there. Okay. It, what about, um, you know, like, well, what about finance, for yeah, example? Yeah, is finance is there? there. Yes, finance is there as well. Okay. Um, and then the other... Um, you know, more I call them ser ser service or support functions. So everyone. So uh, my question is: Does everyone have a voice? Because it's not just a clinical system, right? No, it, it's not, and it includes the financial parts. The, the majority of it, though, is because we're not we're not addressing the Lawson side. So Lawson is what runs materials management, general financials, accounts payable, we're, mm -hmm. and, and human resources. So we're not affecting any of that in this process. So it, yeah, but it's all connected. So it's important. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> not integrally connected uh, between that. Obviously, between materials management and the systems that support mm -hmm. it, yeah, there is some connections there. So between surgery and, and materials management, there's an important connection that happens there. And so that, that integration point's important. Uh, um, Jim, this is James Jackson. I just wanted to share that um, it's really important to me that Dave just mentioned PTOT speech because um, in the previous rollout of the EMR, their, their needs were really not addressed, to be frank. And so the system that was implemented really um, looked at the acute setting and then was retrofitted after the fact. To, I mean, and they said, create a problem list. The things that are problematic for you, we'll, we'll get to it when we can. And so it was almost, um, you know, retrofitting. And it was very hard to get the work done in the SNF and in the um, rehab setting. And so for Dave to mention that unprovoked by me, he said he, br he brought that group up. And so that's, I think it's going to be a much better rollout because departments like that are being heard um, at the beginning as, a, as opposed to after the fact. Yeah. So 
I, I'm grateful for that. And so I did mention long-term care is represented as well. Behavioral health is there as well. So, so we are covering the continuum. A ambulatory is there as well. Uh, all of them are participating in the process. Okay, good. Yeah, I just, um, I mean, it, it's such an all-encompassing thing that touches everything. So I'm just very sensitive that everyone gets a voice in this. Um, this is the time to get it right, even if it takes a little bit of extra time. Yeah, and beyond the selection committee, I expect the consultants to come through to do broader interviews than just the selection committee. So they'll be out to the other areas of the organization, uh, administration, as well as each of the facilities to get that input on what's working well, what's not working well, uh, to make sure our plan is a good one. So when will you finalize the window? Uh, we're hoping to finalize the selection process by the end of the month. So the review committee is meeting uh, Tuesday next week to to our initial review of the 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 submissions and pick two or three finalists and then we're working through uh no it's probably going to be middle of may yeah i'm sorry so, pick two or three finalists for yeah for, for clarify what you're talking right? about yes. okay yeah so for the consultant piece of it yes so we're reviewing the proposals this week uh and next to kind of get that done to two or three finalists i think we're scheduling first week of may for interviews with them on site so we can talk with the principals from the firms that will be doing the work to get their perspective of that, ask questions that we had out of the proposals they submitted uh, to select the finalist consulting firm out of that that will help us generate our plan. Okay. Okay. All right. So now move on to the HCT activation. We have, I haven't heard that we've talked about a lot. Uh, kudos to John Chapman and the entire team yeah. of everyone that moved over there. Um, it was... Um, very well done and what started the day very slowly in moving patients um, was good because we moved one patient said it did every single thing work right with that patient uh, we identified a few things that didn't so we fixed those said okay let's move the second patient and then the rest of them just slid right in That's um, because it worked very smoothly and they did, they did a great job everyone working on planning that well i did uh, appreciate the the updates too that was very fascinating yeah. to, to see how those things went through so from, from my division's perspective, we had 62 tickets that were opened in the command center on, on what I reported of over 1,200 devices that were installed. The majority of those were about printing, uh, <laughs> that where stuff printed. And so from that, I would say it was an outstanding implementation just from all aspects of the, the patients being moved and, and how the staff reacted to being in a new space and using the new technologies. Uh, I talked about a couple of new technologies in, in a previous report, right? We have voice over IP phones now, which means it, there's one network for voice and data. It's not two separate systems that support all of that. So we can put more money into redundancy and resiliency of that network as opposed to spending it on two different networks. Um, the, the new technology of printing, so we use badge printing now. So people, when they try to print something, we're trying to eliminate printers in people's offices, which are... You know, the smaller and cheaper the printer, the more expensive it is to print a piece of paper because ink yeah. in toner is so expensive. So in this process, we're eliminating small printers and using big printers uh, so that when a, a manager needs to print confidential information, they go out and uh, there's a badge reader at the printer, and when they tap their badge, then their jobs print. So we've done uh, eliminated the small printers, which reduces our cost of printing. Mm. And there's a little incentive to, well, if I've got to get up and walk to the printer to get my job, will I print it? Um, that happens in my office because I don't have a printer in my office and it's all the way at the other end of the suites. And so I make a decision, do I want to walk down and pick that up or not? Um, so it is less printing. So that kind of concludes my report on these. I'm happy to answer any other questions yeah, you've got on that. It was um, great. Very good. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim, I think we're up to Chairman's comments. Okay, well... Um, I don't really, um, especially since you know I'm down here. I don't really have a lot of comments. Was there anything um, that we need to pay attention to with respect to um, uh, meetings with the health committee, with the county? Um, I think the the health committee has gotten very um, very mundane. I'm, I'm not expecting anything. We do have the um, health pack contract coming up for renewal. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm meeting with uh, Dr. Clannon next week on that. Uh, and I think that she has an objective of getting that approved by mid-May so that it can get on the calendar and get approved in June. Um, okay. there Is may the meeting still on for next Wednesday? The, the administrative staff that we have? Oh, yes. Um, actually, so. 
Um, I actually ha had dinner with Susan last night, and we need to talk about what the agenda will be for that. Uh, so, um, um, we yes, it will be, and we're we're putting together some. Okay, of the items, I just but, yeah. Just if, if when it's not, just get it off my calendar so I don't. So I can play more. But it, and, it, and it may well be that, that whatever the agenda is might be something that you don't need to no, uh, I, I, use your time. But I'm happy to come. I, just, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So right now it's planned. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, the, the only other thing I, I was thinking, and Dave, I apologize. I didn't get to coordinate this with you in advance. So I mean, it's a big deal. Um, um, you know, with, so the year is, you know, our fifth year is kind of coming, is coming to an end, which is great. And I was just thinking, to the extent that the committee wants to see things, you know, like, a, you know, things reported a different way, presented a different way, just to, you know, improve, you know, our understanding and all of that, um, maybe just send your cards and letters into Dave, and Dave, you and I could perhaps huddle at one point and just uh, see if there's uh, ways that we can improve the, um, you know, the packet. Uh, absolutely it, happy to happy it to. goes to the committee not, I'm, I'm not looking for anything I'm not looking to do anything dramatic but just um, yeah no I, um, I, I've thought about that too and just you sort know, of randomly and, say do this or that or or not do anything at all just yeah I think I'm thinking about process. maybe bringing in some trend information so we, we now have like so I have a few, almost I mean, I have two a few years. ideas and things but okay, I just wanted right. to open that up in case okay. anyone else wanted to um, okay. uh, have you things presented or shown in a different way or whatever or more or less Excuse me. Um, thanks, Jim. Did have you guys? Um, we don't have to answer that question now. <laughs> uh, have you worked out when you're taking to the full board, taking the budget process? So, do you yeah. have the timeline yet? Um, that that's gonna uh, was gonna be the next subject is the calendar for the rest of the year. Oh, okay. Um, so April is really the month where management is crunching the budget. So we we do expect to be prepared for um, <clears throat> full reviews um, in May and June. We've got a, got a, a schedule worked, not a, a timeline, but we've got the presentation basically worked out in terms of what is going to be presented. Um, I think this is really the time where we need to survey the board and, and lock those dates down. We could use the Finance Committee uh, if you want. We're not planning on um, having a lot of other stuff on the agenda. We do have uh, Deb Barnes scheduled next month to come in uh, to provide a, a pretty full discussion of philanthropic opportunities and what she thinks she can do and what she needs. Uh, but really, May and June is what we want to spend on the budget. So, um, For the finance meeting or for the full Well, board? we understand the full board wants to do it, so yeah, we probably do. ought to do a survey and find out dates when people can meet. Okay. So we could, uh, and, and we could, um, I agree with David, survey, survey you all to figure out how you want to do it. We, we could do uh, the finance committee meeting as a first reading and have everyone here use then the board business meeting as a second meeting. And then uh, that, that, those two things could happen in May. And then you could have uh, uh, the June business meeting as a, as a voting meeting. One other option I thought about was you could use the May business meeting as the first reading, use the June, uh, so, so you could do finance committee separately if you want it, May business meeting as a first reading for the full board, the June education meeting as a second reading and you know follow up, uh, and then it'd be an action item for the June business uh, meeting. So you've had two readings and then a third meeting where it's in an action item mm -hmm. so at least one time uh, for more detailed follow-up and then another time for some more follow-up before you actually mm -hmm. uh, needed to take a vote but uh, I think we could you know we, we could be flexible with yeah, I, whatever yeah. works for you all. I, I think there's a lot of I mean my, my sense is there's a lot of energy uh, you know among the full board to get a pretty deep understanding or exposure to the budget um, uh, my, my thought would be that you know, should use the finance committee to, um, I think, David, it was your idea um, to, um, yes, perhaps uh, you know, get a get a first reading or a, or a temperature check or uh, however you want to call it. But I think we should definitely. Um, I would um, counsel to um, uh, inform the board, um, the full board, early and often about. Where we're at. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just looking at the calendar. I think, I, I think that will. Um, I think that's just a need. I think that's just a need that the board collectively has. Is my impression. Yeah, I, I'm thinking we so. should target the uh, third or fourth week of May. Um, I mean, we're making good progress, but I, I really think management needs about till the middle of May to package this thing and resolve the issue. So third or fourth week of May, full board would be ideal from our standpoint. So, so one approach would be then we use the business meeting for the first reading, yeah. uh, either the finance committee or the um, education meeting mm -hmm. as a second, and then the uh, June business meeting for the third. You, you know, from what you pointed out here, two scenarios, but both I think seem seem reasonable and beneficial. So I would think which. However, we can get the attendance would be would be the best, and where there's no conflicts, both both seem viable to me. Re remember, we are having the um, the Hoffman the. Kaufman. Kaufman, Kaufman, yeah, Hall folks. I could. That's, that's early May. That's May education. Yeah. Right. No, it's a special. Uh, it's a special it's meeting. A special it's on. Meeting. It's on May fourth. Fourth. It's it on is. the fourth. Yeah. 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 So we've got that, and um, it, it, if in fact that group helps a board to be able to look at or ask the right questions for our own budget might be beneficial oh, yeah. so i don't know if you yes. Great idea. if you can yeah. talk with them sure uh, yeah you know happy to. coordinating that kind of thing so you could use that as a general mm -hmm. hospital stuff mm -hmm. and then you guys can narrow down into our own budget um, so you've got one more shot at education and educating a board yeah that, that, that'd be great yeah. okay. okay so however yeah. it works for you guys okay good we're good then <clears throat> okay jim back to you Okay, um, I have I have nothing else, so um, let us. Public. Well, let's see. So, any other any anything before we look for public comment? Any any, any other trustees have anything to say? Questions? Whatever. Looks like no. Right. And we have no Susanna, public comment. Is there any request for public comment? No, we don't have any. No. Not well. Then um, I would um, recommend that we adjourn the meeting. Meeting so adjourned. So moved. No yeah. objections. Okay. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Um, is this a record? We got this done in less than an hour. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you.